Hello, Internet. Thank you so much for tuning in to No Free Rides. This is the disability podcast that's been sponsored by Easy Stand, the makers of some of the finest standing frames in the world for about three years now. So thank you so much for tuning in to No Free Rides. Today is March 27th, 2014, and today's podcast is 104, episode 104. That is awesome. Um, I'm so proud of that number, 104 podcasts. Um, and they're all really good. I go, um, I'm biased, of course, but check them out if you have time. Um, the archive is here on beautyability.com as well as on Easy Stands website. So, um, yeah, everybody, uh, this has been um, a crazy month. March has. This is, by the way, our show for the month of March. Um, and today we have our guest. Uh, she's fabulous. She's from Mississippi. She was paralyzed four years ago, and she's been having to deal with this crazy situation down in Mississippi when it comes to their ridiculous Medicaid situation. And she had some really crappy rehab right after she broke her neck. And Katie was able to fight back and raise money um, to be able to go to the right facility to get the rehab she deserves. And so Katie Blake is a rock star. She will be joining us in a few minutes here telling us her story and how she was able to raise the money necessary to attend the rehab um, that, you know, when you're paralyzed in 2000 and uh, the 2000s, 2010, when her injury occurred, you know, you deserve everything that's available. And unfortunately, there's states in this country that for some reason have less than Medicaid systems and really don't believe in teaching people independent living skills. Rather, they would just get them healthy as much as possible, and then send them home, which is what happened. So uh, Katie's story is one to know, and I think it's really important, especially this day and age with all the insurance changes happening um, here in the United States. So stay tuned for the lovely Katie Blake in a few. Um, but first, um, everybody, I, I have a few questions. Uh, when, you, uh, when you're paralyzed for many years, they always tell you, uh, watch out, your shoulders, they're going to get totally worn out and you're never going to be able to move them like you used to. You're going to get these permanent injuries that are going to start happening so many years after you've been paralyzed. And God forbid it happens because when it does, well, your mobility levels will go down the drain. So basically, uh, I've been dealing with this since last, about last fall. And it's been probably one of the scariest things that's happened to me since being paralyzed. Uh, when you all of a sudden have less mobility in your arms, something that you're that you're grateful that you still have, it's very scary. Uh, my brother is a chiropractor, and after months of trying to figure out what was the issue in my arm, I finally discovered today that I have drumroll, please, bursitis. Sexy, right? I have bursitis in my shoulders which is basically like a sack of fluid and they can give you these shots that will help it and then you have to go to rehab for a few weeks afterwards to get the shoulder back in good shape. So uh, I will let you guys know how that goes. I'm kind of mm, not very optimistic because uh, my arm is just so tired. I'm not sure if it'll get better, but I'll let you all know how it goes. And if you've had um, bursitis and have come back from it, let me know, Tiffany Carlson at gmail.com. Also, the Sunday Game of Thrones is premiering. I'm very excited. I wonder if Bran will still be paralyzed. Probably will be. I was thinking, though, I haven't read the book, so I don't know what happens, but I really would love to see uh, Bran be an adult with paralysis and then get better. Maybe that's what will happen in the book. I can't wait to see. Um, also, too, are you watching Revolution on NBC? Uh, it's about if the world had no electricity, what would happen? It's really good. Um, if you have a spinal cord injury in this world, though, 10 to 1, you would not survive. I've been thinking about it every little angle. Maybe a, a, a low paraplegic could survive in the revolution world, but me? <laughs> I'd be toast after day two. Uh, horrible. Very, very good show, though. Um, and also, everybody, um, seating issues for wheelchairs do you use like a Rojo cushion, a J-back? What do you use? Seating is never easy in a wheelchair. I'm currently having problems. I've had custom seating for years, but I got a new wheelchair last year, and that custom seating, 
just isn't cutting it. So I'm going through major seeding issues right now. And luckily, I don't have any skin problems, but it's very uncomfortable on my back. I'm going to go to a specialist next week. Um, so if you can relate, let me know. You know, seeding issues is never fun, especially when you have scoliosis like I do. Um, but we have no more time yet to talk about my problems. Uh, we have Katie Blake waiting to be on the show. So hang tight and she will join us in a few moments. Hello, everybody. As I mentioned at the top of the show, today we are joined by Katie Blake. Um, she was recently injured and she's been busy battling back, trying hard on several fronts. And so we're so excited to have her here. So without further ado, hello, Katie, and welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes, we. it's been really great getting to know you online all of these years. And it's always super cool to finally speak with you know these people like on the phone so it's kind of weird but i'm really glad to hear your voice you have the cutest little accent you know it's amazing on facebook that you feel like you, you know people that you realize you've never even met them in person but you know, know. It's, it's great how social media can kind of uh, link people together like that oh, it's beautiful and i think it's especially um a great thing when you go through what you've been going through the last four years absolutely and, it's amazing you don't realize uh how few how few quadriplegics and people in wheelchairs there are until you're actually in that position yourself. I know, I know. And you live, why don't you let everybody um, know out there where you live and how old are you so they can kind of know the story. I live in uh, Pascagoula, Mississippi, which is on the Gulf Coast. Um, it's about 100 miles between New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, and Mobile, Alabama. Okay. And I just turned 27 um, in December. Oh my gosh, so you live in a smaller town then basically, right? Yeah, it's a very small town. In fact, we don't even we don't even have a mall or a bowling alley. Uh, oh, no bowling alley! What's wrong with that place? <laughs> what, what, it's a small town. What's the uh, the population then of your town? I want to say it's like twenty thousand. Okay, okay. So you grew up in a little small town then, Katie? Yeah, I was born and raised here. In fact, my mom was born and raised here. Um, oh. I'm the baby of seven kids, so. Pretty much in this town, everybody kind of knows everybody, kind of thing. So. Wow, that is a crazy. I, I, I so let after your injury happened. Well, why don't you tell us how you got your accident occurred? I was on a canoe trip with a group of friends. We had an annual canoe trip that we did every year, and in fact, I had moved to New Orleans the year before. Okay. So um, we were going to Hattiesburg. That's where I lived for about oh, three or four years when okay. I was going to college. Okay. Okay. Now Hattiesburg is that like a, a college town or? Okay, and what were what school were you going to, and what were you studying? Oh well, I'd gone to University of Southern Mississippi. Um, okay. I kind of taken a little hiatus. I was studying okay. public relations, but cool. never really quite felt like it was really what I wanted to do. Okay, yeah, yeah I know how that is. I, I when I was first studying business communications, I was like, I don't know about this. I don't know if it's gonna be my future career, but it's like time and money just waste if you don't know what you're doing. Girl, I know that. I know that. So. About four years ago, you were on a canoe yes. trip, and you did the old dive into the the little the creek there, and you hit your head. Yeah, um, we had always stopped at a place called the Gator Hole, where it kind of dropped off really deep. And friend mm -hmm. uh, and I were up on the horse, um, up on the sandbar, kind of horsing around. Yeah. And he spit on me, and so I kind of went to the water to wash off, and uh. I saw my friend's neck deep, so I thought they were in the deep end. Well. Oh no. Out, they were kind of hunched back on their elbows, and as soon as I jumped, I knew it was too shallow. Oh my god! So it was, it's amazing how like in slow motion it can go because it was like as I was in the air, it's like I could see how shallow it was. Oh my god! And you couldn't obviously change your direction. Right, and so as soon as I hit bottom, um, I never blacked out. I remained conscious, but just like everything, just like. It was like somebody flipped a switch and everything just went numb. Like your whole body just went like a robot getting turned off in Battlestar Galactica or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't feel, couldn't move. I mean, it was just, Ugh. it was so surreal. And I was face down in the water and I'm kind of a jokester. And of course, there was always somebody on every trip that, you know, would kind of be face down in the water and pretend like you're drowning. You know, that's what people do when they're stupid. Listen, I know that. We yeah. did that growing up at my house too. 
the friend who I was horsing around with, um, he actually pulled me out thinking that we were still kind of playing around. <laughs> and when he pulled me out, that's kind of when I told him, I was like, you know, something's not right, get me the sandbar. Oh, my God. So uh, when it first happened, could you not move anything then from your neck down? I couldn't move or feel anything. Yeah. Um, so they went and laid me on the sandbar, and fortunately, they knew better than I did because immediately I kind of felt terrible for ruining the canoe trip, and I was like, just put me back on the canoe. Uh, Let's just keep going. I'll <gasps> walk it off. It'll be fine. Oh, my God. Don't you wish? Yeah. Luckily, they knew better, and there were some park rangers along the way who saw what happened, and uh, oh my God. immediately rushed over and... Next thing I know, I was in a helicopter on the way to the hospital. Oh, my lordy. And then you got uh, surgery, of course, on your, your neck right away. Yes. Yeah. A cervical fusion between my C5 and C6. C5 and 6. So was your spinal cord torn or, or, or uh, ripped or bruised? Or? I think they called it, um, I want to say they either said bruised or fractured. Okay. So at least it's still intact. So there's hope one day for it. Uh, right. So, you know, I know that you've been going through a lot of rehab problems down there because the insurance isn't that great. So why don't you fill us in on, like, what happened after you, you know, were out of intensive care and you started going to rehab? Well, I didn't have insurance at the time. Um, Ten months before this happened, um, I had private insurance all my life, but then turning, what, I just turned 23 and I wasn't in school, and mm -hmm. so I wasn't under my parents' insurance anymore, and I couldn't afford the payments. Um, mm hmm so when this happened, I got put on the city Medicaid, and I ended up spending three months in the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, first, it was just complications, uh, being on the ventilator. Um, I had a feeding tube that was leaking into my stomach that had to be corrected. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just one thing after another. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I got the um, dreaded pressure sore, which is what kept me in the hospital for so long. Oh, it did. Right after your accident? Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, in fact, I was in ICU for four weeks, and I left ICU with a pressure sore. What in the heck? That is, that's just, I, I, I want, I don't, I think they, it's their fault, honestly. I, I, I want to say that. I mean, I hate that because I love the, the, I ended up loving the doctors and the nurses and everybody that I had, but it yeah. does make me question, like, yeah. how does that happen? How do you come out of ICU where yeah. you have one nurse for two patients? No, like, you still, sure. you still had fat on your butt at that time as well. That's just ridiculous. Okay. Um, well, so how long did it take to cure, to heal that sore? Oh my God, it was almost, it was about three months and I ended up having to do a skin flap. Finally. Oh, you poor thing. That is so... I mean, it was three months after my accident, wow. and I still, I couldn't even feed myself. Oh, God, I bet so you. I couldn't do anything. I bet mentally you were at a real bad place at that point, weren't you? You know, it's funny because I always try to remember kind of what I was going through mentally at that time. Yeah. And I don't know, it, it almost seems like a dream now. Really? Um, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't even seem real. Oh, gosh, I know. I love, my experiences are quite similar, um, so I know I, I fortunately didn't have skin problems like you did. When, when you first got to rehab, though, oh God, did you feel like, you know, how am I going to get stronger, you know? Well, you know, um, I guess because of the insurance um, and being in the hospital for three months, yeah. uh, when I went to rehab, Medicaid was only willing to pay for two weeks. Are you kidding and, me? Yeah, and the two weeks, really, it was more about teaching my mom how to take care of me than um, it was teaching me how to take care of me. How could they not even think about giving you all the rehab skills to learn and live out of the independent? You're 23. I mean, it was, it, it's very, very unfortunate how wow. where you live kind of dictates the care that you get. I know, I know, I know. Because of Mississippi Medicaid, they would not let me go out of state. Right, right. There was one place in the state um, called Methodist Rehab in Jackson, and... Unfortunately, just it is not very well equipped. Oh gosh, not n not uh, yeah. So then you ended up just having to go home then, right? Yeah, um, I ended up staying for four weeks because vocational rehab fortunately picked me up at the very last second, okay. and they paid for another two weeks for me to stay there. Okay. Um, but still, when I got home, you know, I could just barely feed myself. Mm. Um, that mm. was really the the extent of what I could do at that time. I mean, yeah. I really just. I Really couldn't do anything. Wow. So there was no talk of PCAs or how is Katie going to live independently at some point? Not at all. Wow. It's all about, you know, teaching my mom, um, who 
is my primary caregiver. It was all about teaching her how to how to take care of me. Mm, poor mom. So, yeah, God, yeah. Um, my dad passed away when I was um, 11. He passed away in 98. Oh. Been my mom ever since. Oh my lord. Well, your dad was it an accident or just was it? He had prostate cancer. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Gosh. So. Thank God. Like, so back to social media. Thank God for the Internet. Is that how you kind of realized you were getting short shafted or did you just kind of think, you know, this doesn't feel right. Like, I need more rehab. Like, what were you thinking then? Well, after a couple months, um, I actually got denied Mississippi Medicaid because of um, donations. They consider my donations to be a part of my income. Mm, mm, so they denied me from the system wow. and that stopped all therapy that I was doing. Um, I was doing some local therapy here in Pascagoula, which unfortunately also was even less well-equipped than the other rehab I had been at. Um, but when I was denied Medicaid, everything just stopped. And I just felt so hopeless. I mean, I, I didn't have, I didn't have anything. I wasn't, I wasn't going to therapy. You know, I was just kind of, I just felt stuck in this life that oh, I couldn't God. do anything. That's and terrible. I had so many people on my personal Facebook who were so supportive, um, and that's where being from a small town, it was great because yeah. everybody knew about my accident and everybody knew um, what had happened. Yeah. And so many people were, you know, so supportive. And they were like, Katie, you know, social media, why don't you, you know, just put your story out there because you just never know what can happen on social media. And yeah. so that's when I decided, I was like, you know what, I want to somehow get back to rehab. But it was kind of like, you know, if the right person could see it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You just never know what can happen. Mm -hmm. And so that's what started Help Katie Back to Rehab on Facebook. I love that. And so, and then when did you finally, when were you able to go, you went to Shepherd then, right? Yes. Um, I started the rehab page in April 2011. Okay. And finally, in April 2012, I got to go to the Shepherd Rehab. Wow. Um, and that was a combination of benefits, raising my own money, and then I was also very fortunate um, Old Miss College in Oxford, Mississippi, does something called a charity ball every year. Oh. They, they had a football player, um, Chucky Mullins, who got injured in 1989, that they did this in his honor after he became paralyzed during a football game. Oh. And every year it's between the fraternities, and they choose one person um, to be the recipient. And I was very fortunate to be chosen as a recipient for 2012. Wow. That's great. Right? $90,000. Oh, my Lord. And that helped pay for your shepherd? Yes, it paid. Um, I got to go to shepherd for the first time for four weeks. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it was just absolutely incredible. And especially after going to the rehab here in Mississippi to experience <laughs> a spinal cord facility that is one of the best in the country. I mean, mm -hmm. it was just, it was like apples and oranges. I mean, oh, it was man. just absolutely incredible. And it was the first thing that really gave me hope to see other people in my situation who aren't independent. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. The kind of success they've had there. I mean, it's just, <sighs> that's, it was just unbelievable. That's so great. I'm so glad you got to, to go there. And, and what were the things they wanted, since they knew you only had four weeks there, what were they trying to focus on with you? Um, a lot of things they focused on. My biggest goal um, is definitely just regaining my independence. Right. Uh, transfers is definitely my number one biggest thing yep. that I was working on. Yep. It really, it was just a kind of basic, you know, living goals, dressing, cooking, mm -hmm. cleaning, okay. um, learning how to do things on my own. Good. And so did they, did you also get a good a wheelchair and like, did they figure out what you needed for that? Yeah. Um, that was another whole fiasco that I went through. The, the first wheelchair that I had was almost four inches too big for me. Oh my God. Come to find out it was a demo chair. <laughs> And you know, when you're first going through all this, you don't know what's supposed to be done. You no. don't know. I mean, you just have no idea how it's supposed to be handled. No, you have no idea. None. Yeah, I had no idea that the chair I was sitting in was so terrible for me. Oh, my um, God. And it was just, I mean, it was just crazy because an insurance wouldn't pay. Medicaid wouldn't even pay for a manual chair. You know, I don't even know. That is just ridiculous. Seriously. Absolutely. In fact, it was Voc Rehab that ended up buying my all my equipment. Thank God for um, that. Medicaid wouldn't pay for any of it. Wow. Wow. Fortunately, after what is it like two or two and a half years, you uh, become eligible for Medicare. Yes. Finally, once I received Medicare, they bought a new chair for me. But oh. that was almost two years after my injury. That's way too long. What kind of power chair do you use? 
Um, now I have a permabill. Okay, how is that? I love it. Um, the first hair I had was an Indicare. Okay. Yeah, it was just terrible. But the permabill, I mean, it is it's great. I definitely, you know, I have the seat elevator, which I never realized what a difference a seat elevator would make. I know. I use mine all the time as well. I love it. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And I never realized, you know, it's funny when you think about wheelchairs. I guess you don't think about really what a difference it makes to have it fit properly. Oh, I know. But wow, I mean, it was just incredible when I first got in this chair. It was like, you know, it's like tailor-made for you. It feels... You realize what a difference it makes to have a chair that actually fits you. Oh, do they, um, with a permobile, I know they have the leather seats. Like, how do they fit it in a permobile? I actually have, um, I have a custom-made Rojo back for oh, mine. Oh, cool. All right, good. It's, uh, it's kind of nice. I don't know. Um, I would like to see what else is out there. But it's, it's much better than the Invacare that I had because the Invacare chair actually had a hard back on it. Oh, man. I have cus custom seating. I was mentioning that to you on Facebook. I don't know if they offer it where you live. But that also, too, is what I use. And it's really comfortable. And they measure your butt and your back. And it's all custom made to your tailbone. So it doesn't get any pressure at all while you're sitting upright. Because I, I don't know if you have tailbone issues. but Yes, I do. Yeah, you do. You're skinny mini as well. So. Um, <laughs> So after you came back from um, Shepherd, then with your um, you know, new skills and whatnot, I mean, what happened then? Um, after Shepherd, I actually left there um, because there were lots of things like my spasticity was really bad. Mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of things that they wanted me to kind of get situated that they couldn't do there right. because I was paying privately. Right, right. And it would have cost an arm and a leg to do it there. Um, so they wanted me to come and kind of figure out, um, get my spasticity under control, which they wanted me to do the back lift and pump. And yeah. fortunately, after some time, they just ended up getting better. And Good. I didn't have to really do any sort of, uh, I didn't have to do the back lift and pump or That's do great. any other medications. Um, but I just kind of came back and mm. really just tried to figure out where I was at that point and what my next step was and my yep. other goals. And you eventually went to Project... Yep. Uh, but it was just kind of a kind of a waiting game, you know, um, of, of... It was like I would try to plan it and then something would come up, you know? Well, I was reading your, your, your blog, and I know you're having some health issues with bladder infections, and you were going to get the metropin off surgery, and that had to get delayed because of your very funny blog post about how Go Lightly, whoever invented Go Lightly, is one twisted person, and I cannot agree more with you. <laughs> yeah, made that's ridiculous. They should be forced to drink that for the rest of their life. And I had to drink the same stuff before I got my bladder surgery. How, how sick did it make you? I don't get no, it. I, I couldn't drink it all. That night... Um, I don't know about you, but I know I really can't throw up the same anymore. Mm, yeah, not as well, no. Mm. So, and they had me try to drink that stuff, and I mean, I was dry heaving, I was gagging all night. Um, it never actually worked on me, so wow. that was um, And that morning, they came in at like 6 o'clock the next morning when I was supposed to have the surgery, I think at like 8 or 9, and mm -hmm. told me because, you know, the go lightly didn't work. Yep, yep. I been so sick that it was just canceled wow and that was in 2012 and now it's two years later and i was reading on um, that you're talking about getting that metrophenoff as well as the ace procedure yes um the ace procedure i kind of read about before and then when i met um the new doctor because as it turns out the doctor who did or who was supposed to do the first procedure the the first time mm -hmm. um not only did i discover that i had met some people who had it done by the same doctor and apparently it had been screwed up quite oh. a few times by different people. Oh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And then suddenly that doctor just left the practice all of a sudden. Oh, really? Hmm. Fishy. But really, it was really kind of one of those blessings in disguise. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. And you would have ended up with that problem as well, probably. I mean, God forbid. That's and what... it was because of the um, procedure getting canceled that I started painting. Oh, really? Oh. And that's beautiful. See, for everybody listening out there, Katie, you do these awesome like bird paintings, and well, you started out doing the saint stuff, right? Or how did I mean the Drew Brees painting? Uh, well, it was it was funny. 
like um, when I was in rehab three months after my injury, they, they tried to get me to paint. And the very first thing, I'm a huge Saints fan, mm-hmm. and the very first thing I did was a Florida Lee, and it, it's terrible. I mean, it's absolutely, it looks like something a, a two-year-old could have done. <laughs> but when I came back from supposed to have that surgery done, I was just, I was so depressed. Yeah. You know, it was a long two years of just ups and downs, and here I was thinking this procedure was just going to make life so much better, and it got canceled. And I was just depressed, and I came home, and I just didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to do therapy. Finally, one day, um, I don't know about up north, but down here in the south, a lot of people have been going to, like, paint classes, where they go, and they show you how to paint, and everybody paints the same thing. What? Like, able-bodied? Like, everybody? Is a trend going on down there? Yeah. I mean, like, they walk you through. Like, there's a place here called uh, BYOB, which is Bring Your Own Brush. Really? Yeah. It's like a whole class, and I mean, people come out of there looking like they've been painting their whole life. Wow, cool. That, that's not a trend up here yet. No. It is so, it is, I mean, it's super fun. You can go, and you can take liquor, and you just go, and it's like 20 or 30 people, you know, just having a good time. And, oh. And so I saw all these, all my friends doing it, and I'm like, you know what? I was like, they can do it. I can do it. Absolutely. So I just looked at a picture. Um, the very first thing I did at that time was an owl. And um, I just, you know, I said, if they can do it, I can do it. And so I looked at a picture, and <laughs> I started doing it, and it actually came out looking like an owl. I, you are, like, pretty damn good at painting. Well, thank you. Um, you know, I was always kind of creative before my injury, but never really painted. Um, I was just always finding little arts and crafts things to do around the house. Yeah. Or stuff like that. Um, so it really kind of took me by surprise, too. What kind of... Um, what what kind of paint do you use? Acrylic or watercolor? Uh, acrylic paint. Okay. And with your hands the way they are, because I, I know you probably can move your wrists, but not your fingers, right? Right. Um, absolutely no finger movement, but I am very fortunate to have the wrist um, extension and flexion. Awesome. And so all my paintbrushes have like the little foam buildups on them. Yeah. So I can just move my wrist back and grab onto one. And Go to town. Yeah. So, um, so... That is so cool, and you've been selling the paintings on your site, right? Yeah, um, I, you know, I never in my wildest dreams anticipated selling them, mm-hmm. but when I started posting pictures, you know, people wanted to buy them, and it really, really caught me off guard, but it kind of turned into this new way for me to raise money. It's awesome. Because um, now I'm very fortunate. I do art festivals here on the Gulf Coast, and mm. I sell my artwork online. Oh my God! I love that you do art festival. Is that is such a yeah. great? That's a great way to meet a possible husband one day. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't got that one yet, but I'm working on it. You know, I could just see you sitting in your art booth with the wind blowing through your hair, and some <laughs> smoking. You know, um, artist sees you. That's what you got to do. You got to make you do what you love, and that's how you end up meeting someone. You know. It's been amazing how many opportunities has been presented to me just from painting. Um, like you said um, about the saints, um, the third thing that I painted was a saints-inspired owl. Um, the big saints thing is who dat? Yeah, who dat? And I did a modified version, like an owl, like who, like H-O-O. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just thought, you know what? I want to give this to Drew Brees. <laughs> He has an amazing book called Coming Back Stronger, which he kind of talks about his own adversity and the opportunities it presented and kind of how he overcame his own obstacles. Oh. And it was just a huge inspiration to me. And, so cool. You know, it was just kind of this crazy idea that I never thought would happen, but it took almost a year, but finally, just because of social media, the right person found out about it. Oh, my God. I got invited to go meet the Saints, and in fact, I've been back there twice now. Wow. I mean, what was that like? I mean, you know, NFL players are usually just really, like, larger than life when you see them in person. It, it was it was way more than I ever expected because they really, they are so classy, Ugh. and they were so humble, and they really went, like, above and beyond anything that I had ever imagined. Um, I mean, they were just so gracious and so kind and like you said you know NFL players you almost kind of wonder you know how they're gonna respond sometimes well yeah you know they might be just nervous and not really want to talk to you too much or something yeah. you know? but they just I mean it was 
It was like I knew him my whole life. Oh, see, really uh, incredible. I love that. I love that. You know, and as much as you know, these injuries are not pleasant. There's always these interesting things that happen because of it, and like this probably wouldn't, obviously, would never have happened if you hadn't gotten injured, right? You know, yeah, so. that's one of the things I consider a perk. It's a perk. It's a perk. So, um, <laughs> so it's been now like was it a year ago? Like, how did you end up going to Project Walk? Let's talk about that next. Project Walk was another um, another thing that came about because of social media um, and actually because of the Saints, too. I went back last year um, for a second time. The Saints invited me back, and um, I had posted something on my rehab page on Facebook, and evidently I had some Project Walk people out in Carlsbad who followed my rehab page on Facebook. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I had no idea. Mm. Well, for whatever reason... Um, that weekend that I went to the Saints facility and I posted it on Facebook and the Saints posted it on their Facebook. Oh my God, they did. Oh, they're so nice. Oh, yes. And I mean, that day I had over 2,000 hits on my blog. Whoa. Just kind of went crazy that day. And uh, so the next week I had a message on my rehab page on Facebook from one of the girls at um, the Project Walking Carl's had, and mm -hmm. evidently they had a board meeting or they had some sort of um, event one weekend and the girl pulled up my Facebook page to show them where I met the Saints and all this stuff. Uh -huh. And somebody local to the Carlsbad community, they um, would not tell me who, but just somebody local to the community saw my story and said that if I could get out there, if I could pay for the airfare and accommodations, that they would pay for me to go to Project Walk. Wow. That is so cool. Wow. Was. I mean, I, when I first read it, I mean, I thought it was somebody played a joke on me, or... So, so who, who exactly paid for it? Some anonymous donor? Yeah, they would not tell me who it was. Oh, God. And that is the coolest story. Okay, so for everyone listening out there, what exactly is Project Walk? I mean, it's hard to explain. Yeah, Project Walk, it is um, totally different than really kind of your typical rehab. Right. Like, down Shepherd Rehab, which, I mean, they're both wonderful. I cannot say enough good things about both facilities. Oh, yeah, yeah. But to me, Shepherd is more about um, learning to be independent from the chair, learning how to, basically learning how to live your life in a wheelchair. Exactly. Whereas Project Walk is really just specialized exercises. So cool. That focus more on trying to strengthen the muscles that you don't really have anymore. Yeah. And really about trying to um, retrain the nervous system to to kind of fire off those nerve endings to try to reconnect those nerves and um, to try to almost kind of heal the spinal cord. Um, mm -hmm. It's very, it's just as mental as it is physical. Well, as it is, and well, a lot of people don't like to admit that, but the body and the mind are totally connected. And and the cool, I've noticed on your blog you were writing about it, really good write up, by the way. And you mentioned that they're not working with PTs. These you're working with exercise like trainers and stuff, right? Yeah, they're not actually physical therapists. Um, most of them have their degrees in like exercise uh, physiology or um, things like that. So they're not. They're not physical therapists, but they are trained um, with on the spinal cord and things like that. But mm -hmm. really, the way I tell people, it's kind of just like a, a glorified gym or, you know, a specialized exercise program for really all disabilities, not just spinal cord. You know, I don't know why they don't make the standard for everyone that gets injured, because whether or not you walk out of Project Walk, the fact of the matter is that's what our bodies need, you know. Oh, they put me through in those two weeks where I've never done anything like that in any sort of therapy oh, program since oh my injury. Um, and I mean, like you said, you know, even though I didn't walk out of there, the benefits that I got from those exercises, you know, you just, you can't find stuff like that just anywhere. Why don't you, what are a couple of the exercises, you know, you can't tell us everything you did, but what are, what were a couple that were just really cool that you loved to do while you were there? Um, one of the ones that I did uh, was they would kind of like put me on my knees. Mm-hmm. I would kind of practice, like, I don't know how to describe it other than being, like, hip thrust. <laughs> um, which, when you're working out with really good-looking guys, is uh, kind of a fun exercise. Oh, my God. I would be totally nervous, actually. Oh, gosh. It was, you know, it was definitely an experience. <laughs> that one of my good friends got to go with me. Oh. Um, 
And so, you know, it was fun. They didn't know what to think of a Southern girl. Oh, I bet they loved it. Are you kidding me? I bet they thought it was a great. I, I, just, I wish I could do the project walk, you know. And I see a lot of the people that go to that. They do this thing where they help you stand up and they hold your knees in, right? Yeah, that was the first time I've stood in a standing frame before. Oh, really? They actually, you know, like stood me up on my feet. Oh, my God. And it was, it was just, it, it was incredible. I mean, I know it's weird because, you know, you can't feel your legs the same and stuff, but what was it like for them to hold you up like that? Does it feel like pretty natural feeling or? No, it did not feel natural. And I guess also because um, I have developed pretty severe scoliosis from the chair that it was, uh, it was really just kind of a, a strange feeling yeah. um, because unlike the standing frame, you just don't feel the same kind of support I right, guess right and that's so scary when you don't feel that uh, you feel kind of vulnerable um, <sighs> yeah. it was it was interesting it was good I love that you were able to go I mean you were only there though for four weeks right I was only there for two weeks right um, two weeks. fortunately the girl that went with me um, she has a young child and she couldn't stay that long oh man um, oh man so yes yeah, weeks was kind of a tease because it was only four days a week three hours a day well could you always go back and get those other two weeks in Unfortunately not. Um, I tried to to ask them that, and they didn't really respond too well to it, and I didn't really want to kind of push my luck. I was just kind of thankful for what I got. Wow. And so you did feel amazing after those two weeks, and I know you were writing about, like, wow, how great would you feel if you were able to do it for a year, right? Yeah, because, I mean, even just two weeks with what little time I had, I definitely felt... um, like, I was building up strength. Um, yeah. Back as the therapist could tell, you know, some differences from the first day to the last day, not only in strength, but, you know, they really could feel some muscle movement starting to kind of fire off. Oh, yeah, I believe um, it. So it was just, it, it's an incredible program. It really is. I think I know a guy. He was able to go to it for that for a very long time, and he eventually did start walking. Um, and took they, a, yeah. Amazing. They it's, really have. It's crazy. Uh, and it's funny because, it, like, at Shepherd, when I would ask some of the therapists about Project Walk, you hear all different kinds of opinions. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't like it. I don't know what's wrong with giving people hope, but... I don't either. And, in fact, I really like their method because their method, which is called, like, the Darzinski method, I think is how you say it. Yeah, yeah. They really want you to get off muscle relaxers they Uh don't like backlifting they don't like they don't like anything that's going to kind of um impede the the nerve endings from trying to connect i love that it makes perfect sense i agree i i only take the smallest amount of backlifting i need um just for safety reasons that's it i've gotten pretty fortunate i'm only on 20 milligrams of backlifting now that's great that's what i do too each day yeah, at one point when I was at Mississippi Methodist, they had me on 160 milligrams of Baclofen and 16 milligrams of Valium. Oh, my God. You probably could barely even hold your head up. Oh, my God, Tiffany. One night, I don't know what happened. And, in fact, I had gone back to Methodist um, in 2011. Um, mm-hmm. Medicaid paid for it the next year for me to go back. And so I went by myself because mm-hmm. it is inpatients. They have nurses and everything. Yeah. And so my mom was here in Pascagoula four hours away, and they had me on all this medication. Yeah. And I woke up one night at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning and couldn't move anything. Oh, my God. Arms. I mean, I, I couldn't move anything. And finally, after about 20 minutes, it kind of started to wear off. And I called my mom at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning freaking oh. out <gasps> and don't even remember it. Oh, my God. That is too much baclofen. Ugh. Yeah. So the next day, the doctor there took me, he cut me down, let's see, I was on 160, he cut it down to 60 milligrams of Baclofen and 4 milligrams of Valium. Okay. So that was for withdrawals. Oh, the, oh my God, then you went through withdrawals, the jerks. It, it was they, awful. They I, I feel like I've been through hell and back with spasticity. Well, on, I think every medication out there. Oh, I'm so glad you're on 20, that's all you need. I do 20 and I still think that's too much and I've been paralyzed for 20 years, so that's great. Now, are you going to be getting the tendon transfer surgery? Yes, in fact, I, I go meet with, uh, finally meet with the, um, the surgeon on April 1st to talk about it. I met with one in Atlanta, mm-hmm. however, I found out there's one in Hattiesburg, um, oh, good. which is much convenient for me. Wow, that's really close to you. Yeah, but the problem is not finding the surgeon, it's finding a certified hand therapist. There's none, there's none, there's none to be had down there? 
Do what? Is there, there's none around down there? Not many that I know of. I'm hoping the doctor knows somebody that I don't. Because um, mm. there's just, I mean, there's nothing for spinal cord injury where I'm at. Absolutely oh. nothing. Gosh, Kate. How about, like, um, what's that other big town in, Miss, in, in, down in New Orleans? You know, in New Orleans. I know you don't live in Louisiana, but what's that? Biloxi uh, in Gulfport, which is yeah. the, the next major hub, um, which I don't know. I don't know. That's tough because then you'll have to live there or you don't want to be driving there every day. So that really won't work for you. The, the therapy after the tendon transfer surgery is about three months. Wow. Of therapy. And it's like, I think, three times a week. Because basically you're kind of like retraining the brain. You're retraining those muscles to be in a new spot. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. So from talking to people I know who've had it done, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty intense therapy program afterwards yeah i know and a lot of people love it though it will hopefully give you more arm strength so um yeah well i hope i can find one in fact um i think i mean i'm right hand dominant i do everything with my right hand the only thing my left hand does is assist my right hand at doing something <laughs> me too <laughs> so I, I figured you know what i might as well just do my left arm yeah you know, kind of see what it can do. If it does something awesome, then that would be great because I don't do anything with my left arm right now. Yeah, start with the and left. And if I want to do the right later on down the road, then I can depend on my left arm to do things that I couldn't do with my right. So from what I've heard, I think I'll be casted up for like three to four weeks afterwards. You will be. Oh, yeah, it takes about a month at least to get that uh, cast off. So, oh. But it's worth it, though. I know a lot of people that are at your level of injury that love it. I know a guy that's super big manual wheelchair user now and can even transfer himself. So you never know what can happen after getting that surgery. So I'm excited about it. I'm not looking forward to the, the recovery process, but I think judging from what other people have said, it will be well worth it. It will be. It will be. So, um, so I know, you know, your mom is your caregiver right now and stuff like that, but at one point, are you going to try to like one day maybe like live on your own future goals kind of thing? Or what's your long-term okay. plan? My, definitely to live on my own, which mm -hmm. I kind of feel like right now, um, you know, not only with the, the two surgeries that I want to have, um, unfortunately, I'm still not driving myself, even though my van, I first got it modified yeah. December of 2012, and it is still not done correctly. I, yeah, what, what exactly are you having problems with? Well, they didn't do, like, the windshield wipers and the headlights and the emergency brakes. So, okay. you know, as long as I don't drive in the dark in the rain on a hill, I should be fine. <laughs> uh, like, the positioning of the easy lock. And then, of course, the first time they modified it, I was in my Invacare chair. Right. Then once I got the Permobil, they had to go and redo it. But, no, just the positioning of the hand controls, the easy lock system, the steering wheel. Ugh. It is just, I feel so... Scared. It's a lot of work. Like I have the strength to do the the um, hand control. Do you have um uh, what do you call it zero effort steering on your car? Yeah, I have the zero effort steering, which the steering I feel fine with. Okay. Um, it's mainly just like the gas and brake that I have a hard time. Oh, is it hard to push in that and pull it? Yes, I have a very hard time, and like I said, also my left arm, which is what's doing the hand controls, is way weak. Um. So I definitely feel like the tendon transfer is going to help with that also. Awesome, yeah. I think the, the installation of the modifications were kind of not done correctly. Wow. And, you know, sometimes, too, and it might be up just too high. If they lowered it a couple inches, you might get more leverage on it that way and use your shoulder to push it forward, you know what I mean? In fact, that's what I was kind of, I've decided in the last couple months to take the matters into my own hands and to go to a place in Hattiesburg. You should. Opinion, and mm -hmm. you know, I was even toying around with the idea of if I have to pay out of pocket to have it done right, you know, that's what I'm willing to do. And in fact, I was looking at the new technology to see if there's something that maybe would make it a little bit easier for me. There um, should be some stuff for you, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm hoping to get that done soon, and that's kind of one of the things. It's like, well. I can't move out on my own until I can drive. True. It's not like you live in an area with city buses everywhere, so. We do not have. We yeah. do not have a bus here. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll kind of want your own car then for in, for full independence. Uh -huh. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm really hoping, you know, not only with these surgeries to give me the independence and bowel and bladder care and then the yep. arm surgery to help me there. Um, and then once I start driving, you my goal good. is really to move out 
probably, I would probably stay in Pascagoula first, just so I have my family nearby. Absolutely, yeah, just in case you can call them, you know. Yeah, um, and then I would like to go back to school, too, whether or not that's going to be here locally or somewhere else, I'm not sure, but I'm kind of awesome. hoping maybe this time next year, Yeah. I start looking to moving out, but of course my other concern is finding them. Yeah, that's the whole other topic. We'll have to save for another day. But, you know, are you still writing that Keeping Up with Katie column? Um, for my newspaper? For the newspaper. What newspaper is it again? It's the Mississippi Press. And unfortunately not. Um, the first time I went to Shepherd, they wanted me to do it. And I did it. And it was wonderful. And um, the second time I went to Shepherd, I did it again. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to Project Walk, I, you know, emailed the editor and wanted to see if maybe they'd be interested in doing it because I've gotten such a great response from it from people in the community, you know, a lot of older people who don't do social media and things like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know, I never heard back from them, so that's, unfortunately not. That's uh, really too bad. That's really stupid. Well, I was going to say, though, that would be something you could go to school for, you know, writing or something. You're pretty good at it, so. It's almost like, yeah, I can't do like 80% of the things I used to want to do. It sucks. Yeah. I know. Like when I told my counselor, I said, what if I want to do real estate as a two-story house? <laughs> she went and I said, okay, well, let me know how it looks up there. Hey, I know a guy who's paralyzed from the neck down, and he is a real estate agent. And, you know, the houses that he can't tour, he's got backup for them. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, because here on the coast, ever since Katrina, everybody had to build their houses up. Oh, really? See, yeah, that would be difficult if you're in that area. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of options. You know, there's still options, and, you know, I know how hard it is. And I saw on your blog, too, you are talking about how difficult it's been, you know, just the transition overall. And, God, I know how hard it is. And I think you mentioned one of your friends who's paralyzed says after about five years, things start to feel a little bit better, right? Yes, and that's what I told her the other day. I said, I'm holding out for next June because it'll be five years for me. I said, I expect that day to be like rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> you know, it's Everything's tough. Now. <laughs> I think, you know, what you're doing is exactly what you should be doing right now. And so, you know, it's you got to focus on just getting your body back as independent as much as you can with these surgeries. And one, one day you'll, you'll be on your own. But, you know, I think you shouldn't rush it. I think you're doing exactly the right pace, you know, so... <laughs> it's tough though. So I, you haven't dated at all since your injury? No, I haven't. Um, I was actually in a serious relationship when my injury happened. Uh, mm -hmm. And we stayed together for about six months after my injury. And it just kind of ended bad. And I don't know if I was more wounded from that or just the injury itself. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I have a really... I don't know... If it's me, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm holding myself back or if I feel like, you know, it's funny because, you know, guys go, oh, you're so pretty and, you know, you're this, you're that. I'm like, well, well all right, well, why don't you take me out, you know? Well, and they never do? No, I, I don't know. I don't know, if I, I don't know if I'm intimidating. I don't know if the chair is intimidating. Um, wow. No, I really haven't. And plus, also, that's kind of where, since I'm not driving yet, I'm like, okay, well, Am I supposed to trust this guy to drive my van, or am I going to say, hey, I'll, I'll have my mommy drop me off, you know? I know, that's tough. You could meet him somewhere at a restaurant, you could, or you could tell him to transfer, you could go in your manual chair, and if you trust him, you can go in his car. That's an option. All I know is, you know, that, that's a little happy place to think about, you know? It'd be so tough and, and disabled and thinking about, oh man, will there be a cure one day? But, you know, I love dating. It makes me happy, even though it could be stressful sometimes. It takes my mind off stuff once in a while. So, because you're yeah, so. Not just, you know, being the, it will be the first time, you know, since I've been injured that I've dated. And, I know. Oh my gosh, that's been almost, it'll be four years in June. And that's crazy to me because I was never single this long. I bet you weren't. I'm surprised you weren't married already at 23, considering where you live. Yeah, most people down here are married with, like, two kids. I know. <laughs> well, you know, Katie, you're doing real good. And I, 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 I really hope that, you know, uh, you get those surgeries this year. Me, too. I was really anticipating on having them earlier in the year, but 
you know, like we said, just yeah. one thing after another just kind of comes up. And, you know, unfortunately, I guess my timing is not the same as what God's timing is. No, God's timing. Who knows what his timing is? But, you know, you just got to be patient. You know, just keep eating healthy this year before you get your surgeries and keep painting. And, you know, everything will kind of come together for you, I hope so. All you can do. Is and I know are, the the whole uh, are you are you not dealing with any uh, antibiotic issues right now with bladder infections? Uh, I just finally I had the worst UTI. In fact, I had a pick line um, for two weeks that I had to do an antibiotic, and that didn't clear it. And then I had to do an oral antibiotic, mm -hmm. and then of course the antibiotics caused twelve other issues. Yeah, but I know. By the time it was done, I was like, damn, I should have just kept the infection. Oh gosh. Uh, so fortunately at the moment, I'm okay, but mm. I have had, I mean, I've just been through hell and back with UTIs. And in fact, I even have a super pubic catheter now, but you you I'm fit as I'm just super susceptible for some reason. Well, you know, that's why it's going to be a great thing for you to get that bladder surgery because then you won't have that stupid catheter inside of you 24-7. No, I'm so excited about that. As nice as it is to, to have the super pubic because I really... You know, it's funny, the first two years, because I was just doing the um, ICs every four to six hours. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Oh, my God, it's hell. You don't realize, like, how much of a schedule you're on. No, plus you void half the time anyways, so. Yeah, and then dysreflexia on top of it. Yeah, um, it was terrible. I did that for, like, five years, and I was like, no more. And then I did a Foley <laughs> catheter for ten years on top of that. Yeah, but super pubic, though, that's not bad, you know. At least it's not, you know, but it's still inside of you. So it'll be good. Hopefully you can get that surgery. So, But anyways, I think we have uh, timed out the show for now, I think. So, I, you know, Katie, I would love you. You're great. And uh, where can people connect with you if they want to follow you? Um, I have my Facebook page, which is Help Katie Back to Rehab, and that's Katie, K-A-T-Y. Mm -hmm. And then I also have my website, which is rehabforkatie.org. Awesome. Um, where I do my blog and I sell my artwork and love that. Kind of start doing more YouTube videos and things like that. You should do that. YouTube videos. You should. All right. Well, it was wonderful speaking with you over the phone and I wish you a happy spring and April and good luck with your doctor's appointments. Thank you so much. It has been really, really great to finally talk to you. I know. Yeah, you know, I try to help people out. That's what I do. You know, we all get stuck in these situations and we just try to manage the best we can and Ah, I hope that, you know, things keep getting better for you. So you're a dear heart. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stephanie. All right. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Sounds good. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye.